Good morning, good morning, and welcome as we uh, are returning back to you remotely, bringing you the message this morning. We will be in Acts chapter 16, continuing on through verses 6 through 10. Let's just go ahead and go before the Lord and ask for His blessing upon His Word and the message as it goes forth. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you again for giving us life, giving us eternal life found in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you've given us the opportunity to delve deeper in your Word this morning as we desire that you would be in our lives, Lord. We invite you into our situation, that you would take hold, Lord, that you would have control and that we would follow suit. However you see fit, that you would direct our paths, Lord. Give us the understanding to know that that's the best way to go. Give us the insight to understand that your ways are far greater than ours and that our in our best interest, you have for you have set forth for us what we are to do, Lord. So please speak to us through your word. Give us the ability to rightfully divide your word and apply it to our lives this morning. We thank you and we love you. It is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, starting in verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Well, this morning we continue on in Acts chapter 16, and I've entitled this message, The Holy Spirit is Our Compass. As any uh, traveler uh, by foot or by sea needs a compass to direct them which way is north, south, east, and west, so spiritually in our lives, the Holy Spirit is our compass, directing us to the route that is best uh, for us to be used to accomplish his purpose in our lives. And so we need to truly hold on to that understanding of uh, it is the Lord that directs our paths and we would be uh, we would be wise to submit and, and follow his authority and his direction in our lives. Today, we will see what it actually looks like to be led by the Holy Spirit, again, to allow the Holy Spirit to be our compass in our lives, to direct our paths. At times, it may not always look like what we are expecting, like, oh, we're supposed to do this or we're supposed to go here and do that. That may not be the case uh, many times in our lives. It may look as if, you know, we have everything sought out and then the Lord will lead us in a different direction, but that's okay. As we will see with Paul and his newly formed ministry team, they had originally wanted to go into the continent of Asia, but the Holy Spirit prevented them from going in. Uh, 
They next tried to go to Bithynia, but again, they were redirected to uh, what is northern Greece. Even though they didn't go where they thought they were supposed to go, they were ultimately led by the Holy Spirit to the exact location that God wanted them to go. And you think of your own life. How many times has this happened to you? Uh, you know, you, you have plans. You you planned. Uh, I think we've all uh, pretty much experienced this for sure this year. You know, on the eve of, of 2020, no one was expecting this pandemic to arise. And I'm sure we all had plans of what we were going to do coming into the new year and, you know, spring and what summer was going to look like and how, you know, we were going to do all these many different things. Uh, you know, whether they were personally with our families or, you know, uh, vocationally with our work or, uh, you know, even um, in ministry for the Lord. We had all these ideas, right, of what we wanted to do. But obviously, plans got changed. Plans got altered. Certain doors of opportunity closed and now different doors of opportunity have opened. So I really, truly believe uh, this is something that we can all relate to uh, firsthand, understanding that there are times where the Lord will redirect us in a different direction where we once first thought we were supposed to go. The main points that we have this morning, the first one is this, and I will actually use scripture because this is what better way (laughs) to uh, derive your your main uh, points from the text, but to refer to scripture. So Proverbs chapter 16, verse one tells us the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Even with the best of intentions, we may think that we are doing the right thing or we're going in the right direction. But it is the Lord who knows exactly how and where we should go. This is important because many times we have a difficult time of it or we have a difficult time processing how to go about being given uh, directions and being redirected. Some of us were were very uh, you know stubborn, and it's very difficult for us to accept direction one, two to be redirected. You know when we're like, oh, we have this thing thought out, we have it planned out, and now you're redirecting my whole uh, you know my whole life. If you if you think of the Christian life, once you submit and accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. That's all about redirection. The whole premise of going from a life that was dead uh, in trespasses, you know, to be to being now dead to sin and alive in Christ. That's a total redirection of your whole life. And and sometimes, uh, you know, we as Christians, we struggle with that, especially early on. We struggle with the fact that my old I'm dead to my old self. My old lifestyle is gone. And now I'm 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 called to live a life of holiness when there are severe strongholds there and we still have hang ups. And, you know, we haven't, you know, allowed the Lord to, you know, to 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 help us or to basically make us die to our old selves. We struggle with that. Anyone who struggles with God's will being done and, and and not their own will will have a hard time since we get our marching orders from Jesus Christ. I mean, he is the chief officer in charge. He is the one who runs the show and everything must run through him, through his lens, through what he sees fit for our lives. If we fail to run our plans by him, 
right? Or if we fail to be redirected by the Lord when our plans don't line up with his plans for our lives, it reveals that we ultimately need more humility. We need to humble ourselves and submit. That's what submission is. Submission is not my way, but yours, not my will, but your will be done. And in order to, you know, get good at that, you have to submit. You have to, uh, you know, continue day by day, moment by moment to live a life of submission to Jesus Christ. Excuse me. The second main point we have this morning is this. We need to know what God wants us to do, but we also, just as important, importantly, we need to know what he doesn't want us to do. Many times, you see, we, we tend to think that every good intention that we have is from the Lord. And in many senses, that may be true, but our timing is off. You know, we have this intention to be a blessing to other people, but, you know, the the timing in which we want to go forth with it, it may not be the exact timing that the Lord has for us. And that makes it not correct in, in that sense. We also may not understand why God is not allowing us to do something that is honoring him and other people. But we have to, again, try to understand this because God is infinite in wisdom and he's not bound by time. And he sees the whole scope of everything from front, from beginning to end, from front to back. He knows when things should be done and when things should not be done. He may close a door on us that may ultimately bring about the best for all parties in the end when he opens up another door or maybe someone else is supposed to go through that door. The, the Bible is clear that some plant others water, but it is the Lord who brings the harvest, you know, and sometimes we get discouraged because maybe we're just those who are planters and, you know, we're like, oh, I, you know, and, you know, that whole thing of winning souls to Christ. Again, I, I get it. I get what that phrase is supposed to mean, but understand it is the Lord himself who is winning souls to himself. We are just conduits. We are just vehicles. So, you know, personally, I have a personal conviction. I don't like saying things like I've won a soul to Christ because uh, it's not me winning anyone to him. All I'm doing is is sharing with an individual, hey, this is who Christ is. This has been my experience. This is what the scriptures say. You know, we're, we're table setters. We set the table for people. But But you see, sometimes we get discouraged because we don't necessarily see the person that we've shared Christ with come to Christ, but that's okay because again, as like I like I alluded to uh, just a minute ago, some water, others plant, but it is the Lord who provides the harvest, and that is so true. We all need to learn to trust the Holy Spirit's guidance and His timing even when we don't understand. And isn't that the truth many times, right? Many times we don't understand, and it's simple. It's because God's ways are not our ways. He, We don't inherently think like him. We don't have a scope of everything that's going on the way he does. We have more of a, a tunnel vision kind of outlook on things where the Lord is at the top of uh, you know, the skyscraper and he's looking down and he's seeing every single aspect of the parade when we're just seeing the first float coming down the the the, the main street. Our third main point this morning is this, our willingness to obey despite our timetable being affected is extremely 
important. It's extremely important how we respond to our plans being altered. The great thing about the situation with Paul was that he wasn't in a position to give up. That wasn't even a thought that had crossed his mind. He didn't just say, well, I've tried twice and, you know, I've been denied both times and to go going into these areas where I felt that I was supposed to go to to serve the Lord and to give the the, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to give up. I, I'm, I'm not going to serve the Lord anymore. No, that wasn't his heart at all. He actually did the exact opposite and he pressed in to God and he remained faithful and because he remained faithful and God had a specific plan to use Paul for the Lord had given him a vision of where he was to actually go. Paul eventually got the direction the Lord wanted him to go. And so he went out. He went out. He was sent out. If if Paul had had just quit because his first the first two times didn't go as planned uh, we would have missed out on the and he would have missed out excuse me on the great blessings in store for him and for others and we would have missed out on certain things written in the bible because you know Paul wouldn't have been used in this specific way uh I like the analogy of you know a baseball player right I was so happy that you know um you know, hopefully, Lord willing, everyone stays safe. But baseball is on now, you know, with no fans, pop-up fans in the stands. But, you know, it's been pretty cool to watch, you know, watch the... Well, it wasn't cool to watch the Giants get smashed on. But anyways, just, you know, baseball's on now. And uh, But, you know, with a baseball player, <clears throat> you think of it like this. It's like a baseball player, a batter, just quitting because he has two strikes. We know that you have three strikes before you're ultimately out and you need to go back to the dugout but you have three strikes in order to get on base or hit a home run but this same analogy is is like what when Paul went through he he tried twice and you know he didn't give up it's like a baseball player you still a baseball player a batter with two strikes he still has one more strike to to do something with before he's out a chance to get on base or to hit a home run and the reality for us is this as long as you and I are breathing we have a chance an opportunity to be directed by the Lord I don't care what your past looks like I don't care care how checkered you think it is the reality is if you're alive today if you're hearing this message if you woke up with breath in your lungs this morning you have the opportunity to be led by the Lord. Now it's upon you as an individual and me as an individual to allow the Lord to lead us. That's a whole other thing. But if you have breath, you have time. Timing also is everything. The right thing done at the wrong time is not right. And and we 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 know this from our own lives. You can have the best of intentions, but you know, sharing something at the wrong time or doing something at the wrong time, it's not going to bring about a good result. And you think about all the biblical examples. You think of from David waiting on God to become the king of Israel. You know, David had a shepherd's heart. He had a pastor's heart. He had a servant's heart. The fact that he continued to serve Saul, even though uh, David knew at, at one point Saul became unworthy of being the king of Israel 
David was still faithful and he did not try to overtake Saul and conquer the throne and take his right standing as the king of Israel. But David waited patiently for the Lord to put him in that position. And you look at our Lord and Savior, which is the the, the, the greatest example. Uh, what did he say throughout the scriptures? My time has not yet come. They kept asking him, blah, 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 this and that. When is this and that going to happen? My time has not yet come, right? You see, timing was everything. There was a specific time on whence the Lord Jesus Christ was to go to the cross. If he had went to the cross any time before, it would not have completed and fulfilled what he was supposed to do. So we see that timing is crucial. We need to ask the Lord for wisdom as to when we are to do things that he does call us to do. Okay, let's go ahead and go back to verses 6 and 7 and go ahead and read and we'll just chip away at these verses. And it says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, and having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, they, excuse me, And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. Okay, so here we see, after strengthening the churches in the region, Paul wanted to go next, which was southwestward uh, towards the city of Ephesus. It was uh, the city of Ephesus. It was like a port city. So you could think of something like the Bay Area where many cargo ships, it, it, you know, it was open to the ocean. So many, you know, uh, merchants and ships and boats, they came and went frequently. It was a high traffic area. So, you know, obviously it, it, it more than likely seemed that this was the ideal place to go for Paul because there were so many different people, groups mixing, coming and going, you know, back and forth on a daily basis. Yet Paul was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go there. And so you have to think about it. It's very interesting that the Holy Spirit would actually block Paul from doing something that we normally think of as good. I mean, all Paul wanted to do, right, was to preach the word of God, to share the good news of the gospel to those who needed it. All these many people in Ephesus coming from different areas in the known world, that's what would have been going on there. But the Holy Spirit had said, no pump the brakes. It's not going down like that right now. Again, yet it was the Spirit of God who directed this work. And Paul wasn't the right person in the right place at that specific right time to begin bringing the gospel to the Roman providence of Asia Minor. This is what was going on in this specific moment as we see here in the text. There was certainly nothing wrong with Paul's desire to preach the word in Asia. But as we see, it wasn't God's timing. So this was forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Now, up to this point, we don't know exactly how the Holy Spirit said no. It may have been through a word of prophecy, or it might have been an inward speaking of the Holy Spirit, or by circumstances. But in any event... One way or another, Paul got the message, and the message was, no, do not go. Emphasis will come later, but not now. And again, I want you to think of your own personal life. I'm sure that you have had uh, many examples 
it very much at very at the at the least at least once in your life where where you've made plans but your plans did not fall through they did not come through the way that you thought you had everything planned out you had everything mapped out you had peace about it and yet things did not happen the way you thought the application for us is this when we are seeking god's will there are several things we should always be doing when we are seeking to be obedient to the Lord's will in our lives. We should, one, make sure that our plans are in harmony with God's word. That's that's obvious, but maybe not so much. We can't think that, oh yes, we can do you know X, Y, and Z. If clearly you see in scripture, that is not what the Lord says is, you know, righteous or, or, or of good standing or right living. We need to make sure that what we are planning is in harmony with God's word. The second thing is to honestly ask other mature uh, Christians for the, for their advice. I mean, if it's something that's uh, of the Lord and is right, you shouldn't have any problem running your uh, potential plans through other you know believers in Christ and, and asking them, one, for prayer, um, that they would lift it up and, and ask the Lord you know to confirm if this is something you should do. But at the very least, to be able to share with other believers, hey, this is what you know I, I'm sensing I should do. Um, what is your take on that? Again, it's not to you know make another Christian the 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 person who has the final say so on whether or not you do something, but again, it does not hurt to allow others to see what you sense the Lord is leading you to do. The third thing is, and this is probably one of the hardest things, we honestly need to look within our own hearts and and check our own motives, right? Our own motives to see if what we are seeking is our own thing or if we are truly seeking what God would have for us to do. And that, that's a difficult thing to do, but it is an, a very important uh, aspect of, of seeking the Lord's will, right? Because we could think that we want the best and we're seeking the Lord's will, but ultimately we're actually kind of you know, propping ourselves up, or we want a little bit of praise, or we want a little bit of recognition. And, you know, that's kind of why we're doing the things we're doing. That's why we're serving, because we want to be recognized as someone that serves and someone that's faithful amongst men. But we don't want that, right? Because like the Pharisees to go out onto the street corners and get loud and pray and this and that, that's all the praise that you're going to get. That's all the recognition you're going to get is the recognition from humans. And, you know, it's much better to get the recognition from the Lord as being a humble servant, faithful, not not uh, looking for the approval of men and women, but for God's approval. So that's uh, the next part. That's the third thing that we need to check on our own heart condition and see what what are our motives behind seeking the Lord's will. The fourth is is equally as important as the first first three, and it is to pray for the Lord to honestly open and close close doors that He desires. Again, you know, if it's Your will, Lord, let it be done. If not, close close the door and and allow it to be closed, and allow me to have peace with it. Allow me to not be be uh, you know uh, uh, depressed about it or or disengaged now because you know you closed the door that I thought should be open. The Holy Spirit needs to be our compass as we navigate through life. And I love uh, this proverb found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33. We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. And isn't that so true? You know, we are so ready to throw the dice and we will throw the dice at any given moment, but it is the Lord himself who determines 
where and how those dice fall. And so we have to understand his sovereignty and his ultimate, uh, you know, his unlimited power in the sense of he will direct our paths no matter if we have, you know, these intentions are, or, or, or that are good or intentions that are not good. He will ultimately uh, get the glory in allowing certain things to happen and sometimes certain things cannot happen for our own benefit. The door being closed on Paul here didn't happen once, as we learned earlier in this message, but it happened twice. After the attempt to go to Asia, Paul sought to go north into Bithynia, but was again prevented by the Holy Spirit. So they came down eventually to Troas. Paul didn't set out to go to Troas. This was the least uh, of his choices. This was like the third choice on his list. You see, but it was the Holy Spirit's plan to lead him there. And we must notice that it isn't just the Holy Spirit's leading. That's that's extremely important. Don't get don't please don't mince what I'm saying. It's extremely important for the Holy Spirit to be leading us, but equally as important was Paul's response to what the Holy Spirit shared. And you see, because Paul gives us a beautiful example of how we are to respond to the Holy Spirit. You see, despite Paul being redirected, he was willing still to lay down his plans and lay down his will for the direction that the Holy Spirit was bringing instead. And obviously, we have no greater example of this than in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You guys remember while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Um, You know, he was praying, sweating drops of blood. In his humanity, obviously, he didn't want to suffer. What human being would want to suffer, you know, at at the cost of the whole universe, the whole world, right? To, To take upon the sins of the whole world. In his humanity, he didn't want to suffer. He didn't want to go through the anguish and the pain. But most importantly, he didn't want to be separated from God the Father. He didn't want to be separated from his Father for those moments in time. But he also knew in his godliness, in his perfection, in who he was as infinite, true, and living God, that it must be done. And what did he say? Those classic words, right? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And that's a direct, uh, th- that speaks directly to our context here. He was allowing to be redirected by his father to do what needed to be done. Letting God's will, his father's will be done in that instance. Well, in every instance, because he's Jesus. But I'm saying he <clears throat> was willing He was willing, and that's a model for us to be willing to allow the Lord to redirect our paths at any given moment. You see, the Holy Spirit often guides as much by the closing of doors as he does by the opening of doors. You see, we have to understand that. You see, sometimes we just think it's always just doors open. If it's doors open, that's a blessing. But many times... A blessing can also be a door being closed. The application for us is this. We need to come to a place where the Lord can literally disrupt and reroute our plans at any given point of time. And we're okay with it. We're at peace with it. We need to come to that place. It's not as easy as it seems, but we must relinquish control and allow God to direct our paths. Far too many times we, we want to hold on to our plans. We want to hold on to our goals, our dreams, thinking that 
things are going to be better because we have this whole idea of what we should be doing when at, when in all actuality we're actually missing out on the true blessings and the greater experiences with God that he has for us because we refuse to relinquish control and we we refuse to allow him to you know put his plans in motion in our lives and we don't want to do that we want to allow him to have free reign in our lives as far as how he wants to direct us on the paths we are to go. Okay, let's go ahead and look at verses 9 and 10. And it says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel there. Excuse me, that the gospel to them. In Troas, God made Paul's direction crystal clear. In this vision, Paul was invited into the region of Macedonia, where uh, this was, again, uh, more closer to the Aegean Sea. It was westward from where he, he was. It was it was going in that direction. This moved Paul and his missionary team from Asia to Europe. This would have been the first missionary journey to the, the region of Europe in the known world at that time. The wisdom and greatness of God's plan was beginning to unfold in Paul's uh, vision, he was able to to begin to kind of see, okay, wow, now I'm seeing why you had kept me from going into the first two places which I felt I was supposed to go, but now you're showing me here where I am supposed to go. In Paul's mind, he wanted to reach a few cities in his region, but God wanted to give Paul a whole continent to win for Jesus Christ. The application for us is this. There are times where we have a good plan to serve God. But you know what? The Lord has a far greater plan in mind for us. We have a good plan, but the Lord has a great plan for us. Many times we, we, we fail to see our own true value in Christ and how greatly he wants to use our lives. Remember, we are a new creation in Christ, right? We, we, old things have, have died and gone away and, and we, we are new. We are a new creation and we are more than conquerors in Christ. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit, God's living spirit living within us. We are the temple of the living God. And with that 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 power, not to be abused, obviously, but, but we have the ability to be used to do, you know, great things for the Lord. But many times we shortchange ourselves because we think, well, I'm, you know, I'm just little old me and, you know, how's the Lord going to use me? I'm, I'm just a young person or, you know, I'm just an older person. I have nothing, you know, I have not, not much to offer people at all. But yet, if you have the Holy Spirit living within you, residing in your body, in your heart, then you have everything to offer people and the world, everything that is of true lasting value. What mighty things the Lord wants to do through you and I, but we must give him the opportunity to do so. 
That means we need to allow him to, again, redirect our plans so that we may have his. You see, the Lord gave Paul a vision of a Macedonian man pleading for help, asking desperately for help. Please come and help. Help me, this man said in this vision. So Paul answered the call and went to bring Macedonia the gospel, the best possible help that one could ever receive. This is the best help because it is the only eternal security one could have. It is the only true eternal answer one can bank on, one can bet on, and know that they're secure, secure in Christ. Because we all know the reality that we are all going to die physically one day. That's a fact. That's something that you cannot uh, you, you you just can't deny it. You can turn a blind eye to it. You can deny it. You can act as if uh, it's not going to happen. But at one point in time, every single person on the planet is going to taste death. That is just uh, an unfortunate fact of the life we live because of sin coming into the world. And the Bible is clear that no one's going to live past 120 years. That's just it. As far as our time living upon the earth, no one's going to live past that. And even if you were to live that long, that's just a teardrop in the bucket compared to eternity. Your soul, my soul will last forever. So what better help to give someone than to give them the help and give them the opportunity to receive that eternal life, that eternal help, that eternal joy, that eternal security that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. The application for us is this. The greatest help we can bring to anyone in this, in this lifetime is the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. It is good for us to bring other help along with the gospel, be it food. Uh, obviously, people need food. There are many people that are in desperate need of food today. Food and clean water and clothing and shelter and companionship. These are all noble, good things. But you see, without the gospel, little real help is ever given. Because you can give food and you can give clothing and you can give shelter. But all those things are are, are, are pleading. They, they, they're all things that are going to dissolve and they're going to have to be replenished. But, but the power of the gospel is something that you give. And once you give, they, can, they will have it forever if they've truly been converted. It's the difference between uh, giving a man fish and teaching a man how to fish so he can uh, you know, sustain himself over a lifetime. You want to be able to give the person, give any person the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then with the power of the Holy Spirit, they'll be able to feed themselves. Lastly, we see here that Paul did not hesitate to answer the call of this Macedonian man in his vision. Paul's missionary team they did not hesitate as well to follow Paul led by the Holy Spirit on the basis of what Paul had seen in this vision. This was a strong, godly man leading a strong, godly team. I have a question. What is your response time when the Lord reveals to you what you must do? What is your response time? Because see, many times we hesitate or we simply just put it off for another day. Whether it's lagging on sharing the gospel with someone that you know the Lord has shown us. Hey, share the love of Christ. Share who Jesus Christ is with this person. 
uh, or whether it's repenting and uh, restoring a broken relationship. The reality is not being quick to follow or not being quick to act upon what the Lord has shown us is never good. It's never good. We need to be those that are quick to respond. We must be those at a moment's notice to be willing to go and to do whatever the Lord, Lord excuse me, calls us to do. Lastly, here we see that Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, began accompanying Paul's ministry team at this time. And we know that it's Luke because if you look at the text, notice that it says, we, we, meaning Luke was in this mix with Paul and the rest of the missionary team. We sought to go into Macedonia. You see, there were many hidden blessings, hidden blessings, excuse me, hidden blessings. I'm getting tongue tw- tongue twisted right now that weren't in plain sight to Paul as certain doors closed and others were opened. And we know this because if you think about it, if we, if he would have just gone to his first desired destination, he would have never came across the Dr. Luke. God wanted Paul and his team to go to Troas and to pick up Luke because God said no to Paul in in these two times. We now have a gospel and a book of Acts written by Dr. Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit. At the time, Paul probably had no idea of the greatness of of God's purpose and how this was all going to play out. God wanted to again uh, God wanted again to give Paul access to a whole continent and to be used to spread the gospel to a whole wider range of people than he could have ever thought, to give him a personal doctor and to give him uh to give all of us this man whom God would use to write more of the New Testament than anyone else. You see, God knows what he is doing when he is saying no. And again, I just can't help but to bring it back to your own personal life. Just think of your own life. Think of every time the Lord has closed a door. It has been for your own good. And maybe in the moment you didn't think that it was the right thing. But if you look back and you see that the certain doors the Lord closed. And then over a period of time he began, he began to open new doors. And doors that you couldn't even think would have even existed. Doors of opportunity. How much better has your life been because he closed certain doors. Doors for your own protection. Doors that were closed to keep you from killing yourself. And then opening doors for you to blossom and to bloom and to grow in him and to grow closer to him and to grow uh, with other believers in Christ. This is a great thing. He closes doors for our own benefit, not to hurt us and to help us to see his love in all things. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this timely message of what your uh, apostle uh, went through, what your disciple, excuse me, went through as far as him uh, having doors closed in his life, but ultimately you opening certain doors, doors that gave him uh, opportunities far beyond what he could ever imagine. And Father, thank you how you make it so applicable to our own lives as we look at ourselves and we see that there's been doors that have been closed in our lives, but Lord, you've opened doors of opportunity, doors that that only you could open. 
And, and Father, we're grateful for whatever opportunities you have set before us today, this day. We know that those are the perfect opportunities. Those are the perfect doors. May you give us the faith and the strength and the grace to walk through those doors of opportunity. Lord, help us to believe that you have done this for a purpose. Help us to understand, Lord, that this is where you have us, this specific time, this specific place in history, Lord, that we are not just idly living, but we are living for you and that we are living to be used by you greatly to make an impact, to make a difference upon this world for your son, Jesus Christ. Father, please continue to give us the opportunities to do these things and to live faithfully for you. For those that don't know you, Father, I pray that this is a time where they would reflect upon their own lives and that they would be convicted of their sin, that they would see that you have their best interests in heart and that you're the only one that could clean a dirty heart, that you're the only one that could make an old creation new and give them an opportunity to live the true life that you've created them for. Father, for those of us that are believers, Lord, help us to not grow weary, to not grow faint, Lord, but to continue to stand upon the rock of Jesus Christ, to draw all of our strength and our energy from you, for you have our best intentions at heart. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. It's in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen.